Each and every week we gather to bask in its glow. Information, picture, and sound beamed through the night skies. Destination, our living rooms. As the screen sparks to life, the outside world dims, transporting us for 60 minutes into parallel dimensions. This is the modern campfire, where legends are born and sagas unfold. Where some find only entertainment, we find religion. And now you've found us. And so we invite you too to join us as part of the Cult of the Cathode Ray. Hello everyone, and we are back here to talk about episode four, season one of The Walking Dead. This episode is called Fatos. And I am here tonight with my co-host, Zachary Edgerton. How are you? Hello. I'm I'm wonderful. I'm spectacular. And uh, we'll see if that remains true as we discuss this episode. I, too, am very excited to hear your thoughts on this episode. I have lots. <laughs> I'm very excited about many. it. many. Oh, my goodness. So this episode first aired way back in uh, November of 2010 to a measly 4.75 million viewers, uh, which, you know, that's fair. Pretty decent, I suppose. This episode was written by Robert Kirkman, who is, uh, if, if any of you don't know, he was one of the co-creators of The Walking Dead and a creator of many different things, a co-creator uh, or creator of many different things. And he wrote for Ultimate X-Men and a couple different things at Marvel, which I heard that he didn't have the best time there. But, you know, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody has the best time at Marvel from what I understand. <laughs> Probably not. You know, I've, I'm really just kind of neutral on Robert Kirkman. I know some people really like him. I don't know that anybody dislikes the guy. Do you have any thoughts on Robert Kirkman? I mean, I don't dislike him personally, for sure. If that's what you're... <laughs> Are you sure you don't have any personal beefs with Robert Kirkman? No. I mean, he might have a personal beef with me after he hears what I have to say in this episode. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, he's he's basically a, a walking one man entertainment juggernaut at this point. I think his I think his uh, his company is called Skybound Entertainment, if I mm. remember correctly. And yeah, so I mean, obviously he created The Walking Dead, and which is like a I don't know, probably a billion dollar franchise at this point. And he also created or at least co-created Invincible, which is apparently really great. I've watched a couple episodes. It's the I, I think I think he wrote the comic. I think there's a comic it's based on, but it's an animated show on Amazon. It's like adult animation. Uh, and it's it's pretty good. So uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I saw an article about uh, how he was sued over some art with the, I guess, original artist on that. I don't remember the details. So this episode was directed by Johan Renk. I had to look this gentleman up. I didn't really know too much about him. And the only thing even, I don't want to, I feel really bad now saying that the only thing moderately interesting about this guy, but whatever, is uh, that he was a singer songwriter uh, in like the late, like in the nineties. Oh man. Uh, went by the name, I believe Stockabo is how you would pronounce this. And he had an international hit single. And this to me is when you know that somebody edits their own Wikipedia page. <laughs> I found this video on YouTube and it had like 100,000 views. <laughs> it's amazing. But the song is really pretty terrible. It's pretty much what you would expect from a Swedish uh, singer-songwriter named Stockabo. Believe it or not, I was actually familiar with Johan Rank before he even directed this episode. So, no kidding. Yeah, just from his, because uh, he, he did a lot of music videos, and one of the music videos that he directed is by one of my favorite, uh, I, I guess band isn't really where, uh, the word, because it's like a, a duo, but it's also, it's like a, a Swedish duo, The Knife, and he directed a video for them uh, for the song Pass This On, which is a really, really weird video. I suggest everyone go and look it up and watch it. It's a great song. It's a great video. And yeah, so I'd actually had actually seen that because I was getting into the knife, I think, like in the early to mid 2000s. And so I think that was before I think I probably saw that before I actually saw this. So I'm going to save the viewers a rewind. What was the name of that? Song the name the, the, the name of the song is by the knife. And the name of the song is Pass This On. Yeah. So just look, look, look up Pass This On music video. It's, it's really good. 
And he also he cool. he would also go on to direct a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. But he's also uh, if if you oh. if you if you've watched uh, the Chernobyl miniseries on HBO, he directed that entire miniseries, which I think he won some awards for. So because it's a uh, it's oh. yeah it's a pretty amazing miniseries. So he's had an interesting oh. career. Yeah, he really has. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, yes, I will uh, definitely check out that music video, especially based on his. Uh, musical history that i've seen so far i'm very interested to see uh, what's going on yeah look up, watch the video and then i'll tell you i'll, I'll give you the some some uh some uh trivia on it on why it's even better than than it appears but yeah that's that's oh. another that's a whole other thing i love it so our plot synopsis for this episode is that rick's mission to atlanta is jeopardized when things go awry you could say that and uh jim becomes unhinged in camp once again, you could say yeah. that. Actually, so, I, I kind of take uh, I kind of take issue with that second part, though. Well, that is we'll true. Talk about that, that is but, true. Yeah, yeah. I think some other I will some say, other idiots become unhinged. Actually, it's a, it's funny you mentioned. I was I was just going to say that exact yeah. same thing that someone else probably became a little unhinged instead and took it out on yeah. poor Jim. Oh, yeah. That. So I just wanted to make a quick note. I don't know where they filmed this. I was thinking, like, where the hell is this lake in Georgia? I've never seen it. I thought, is this at Stone Mountain? What is happening? Um, I don't know where they were fishing. Uh, it's actually a quarry. Oh. It is. Yeah. Is there actually a quarry in Georgia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the quarry, oh. the, the quarry they're shooting at. I, I don't know. I, I believe that when you see the city in the background, I don't think that's like CGI. I think, I think maybe you can actually see the city from. But yeah, it, it is a quarry, and I'm. I mean, I don't know specifically, but I'm assuming that the quarry that you see in the in the background and all the other scenes is the one that they're also in the water because that's all that like when they uh, the the last episode when they're like catching frogs and washing mm -hmm. clothes like that's all in the quarry. So, yeah. oh, that would make sense. Okay, it didn't look quite as luxurious from the uh, the frogging yeah. <laughs> angle, but it looked quite lovely. Uh, I thought that was very nice, and they were just kind of carrying on about their dad, which you know I think is. You know, it, it it was a cute, sweet moment. I think you know it makes it, to me. It kind of made me think about Dale a little bit, and kind of you know the role that he potentially plays in their lives, stuff like that. Um, and then we cut to speaking of Dale, we cut to him standing on top of the RV, uh, who's who he sees Jim standing in the field, just digging, just digging and digging and digging. Uh, so we can go to our next segment, which uh, you refer to as the living. And actually, I'm so sorry. Do you have any thoughts on the opening? Well, I, I was actually if, we, if we're going to move on to the living, we can maybe kind of segue into the whole uh, uh, Andrea Amy segment, because I think that is actually a pretty good place to start. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I will say so. I'm going to I'm going to talk some shit about this episode later, but I actually do like this Please. opening. I like the fact that we do finally get some of that, like that character interaction between these two, because We've mm. kind of heard, I mean, we've seen them together and we've kind of like heard on, uh, Andrea talk about Amy, but we haven't actually gotten to really see them interact at all. So I actually do appreciate the fact that we get a little bit of that like uh, character interaction and we kind of find out a little bit more about their kind of dynamic, which I think is kind of interesting because it's the, uh, you know, the siblings that were kind of distant just because one of them is like 12 years older than the other one, which I think is always kind of an interesting like dynamic, right? So, yeah, but I, I liked it. I liked, uh, you know, for once we get Andrea and uh, well, I, we haven't really seen anything of Amy. I mean, she's had a couple lines here and there, but we haven't really gotten any character development from her. So, yeah, I uh, I like the opening. Yeah, true. they definitely uh, had us connect to Andrea, maybe maybe a touch more than Amy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you don't really think about until later. But I will say, you know, I think in retrospect, Andrea was a little bit. You know, she was she was good from like the emotional side. And and I know it was a bit transitional of, you know, kind of what happens to her and it helps, you know, transition her into who she becomes. Um, but I felt like it was a little bit underplayed. Like she just I don't know, maybe was like a bit emotional, you know, when things happen later. Yeah. I was I guess she didn't really I was expecting her to be maybe a little more interactive. Granted, she had just, you know, gone through a bit of trauma and she's a little preoccupied and stuff, but you know, I don't know. Are you, are you talking about at the like the when when Amy dies? Yes. I mean, I so I gotta say, I I actually did, I actually really did like that scene. Man, I I Lori Holden's performance there was 
Oh, you mean at the end? Oh, yeah, yeah. End? Sorry. What are, what are we talking about? Oh, I was talking about like when, so when Amy gets bit and then, yeah. you know, Andrea runs to her and pretty much responds. Um, and then there's like the big fight that's breaking that, out. That is, I guess. Yeah, that, 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 sorry. That is what I'm talking about where she's, because she's just so helpless. I, I loved that. I don't know, man. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because when she's like, I think she says like, I don't know what to do. And it's that 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 helplessness. Oh man, I, I actually thought that was very very effective, like emotionally, just because that that having someone who you love die in your hands or your arms, and not being able to save them is, I mean that's that's pretty rough. Oh my god, yeah, oh, like a thousand percent traumatizing for sure. Um, in my mind, and you know, I think it's probably a little bit of having. Like Jim, I have some psychic powers, and I feel like in the future, Andrea <laughs> might become a major badass. Yeah. And I think in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm so used to Andrea being a badass that I'm like, why didn't she kill any walkers? Granted, she's a little preoccupied with her sister who was kind of getting eaten by zombies. But in my mind, I'm just like, Andrea, she would have jumped, in, jumped into action and like started kicking some ass, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, like somebody else is tending to Amy's wounds or something like that. And so I think at that time I was just it was it was like they just did the whole fight scene. And I think it's because they just never cut back to what they were doing until it was over, really, when they were kind of having that moment. And it was like, well, what was going on during that whole time? Like, and I guess, you know, that people were sort of encircling them in a sense so that none of the walkers could get to them. I think it was just a little, you know forward amy was uh, not amy oh my god <laughs> forward and i was even gonna call her Lori. Oh god, yeah forward andrea yeah and i think i probably did it 15 times just now but yeah i think that's who i was kind of in my mind thinking of as the later version of her anyway yeah i think i think honestly if i have one criticism of this these characters in this relationship it's that we we didn't get this earlier and we didn't get more of it because mm. I think, uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about like why that, why the other issues I have with this episode kind of frustrate me because like, this is the first time that we really see them interacting. This is the first time that we really get any significant, I think, character development or backstory to them. But obviously, like, <laughs> I feel like they got to this episode and they were like, okay, we're going to have Amy die in this episode and Andrew is going to be really distraught. And, oh, I guess we should really like do something to establish that relationship before we kill her. And so they kind of like, <laughs> oh, we got to do this. We get, you know, we got to have this one scene. And then they do, they do carry on the, the whole uh, plot of, I, which I guess they kind of started in the, what, the second episode, because that's where she gets the necklace or whatever that she's going to give her for her birthday. And so mm -hmm. you see her trying to, you know, trying to get that, like, get wrapping paper from Dale or, you know, get it. Uh, and, and she talks about how, you know, she was kind of felt guilty for missing all of her last, her past birthdays. But yeah, I don't know. I actually wish that this episode had either this episode had focused a little more on them or previous episodes had given us a little bit more of the, the relationship. I guess that's kind of what happens when you only have six episodes, though. You got to kind of pick and choose what you do. <laughs> yeah, I can see what you mean. It's I I waffle a little bit there because I sort of I totally agree. I, I feel like the argument with Rick and Shane, because on one hand, I completely agree with you. And <laughs> the other hand, I'm like, well, that sort of makes sense in a in a way, because to me, that's really like if I were a person that just showed up at the camp, that's really the only thing I would know of them is what I just saw within the past couple of days. Yeah. Except you're totally right with the whole like we wouldn't be exposed to the whole necklace scene and then I got to find the rampant paper and all those like sappy stories and stuff. We wouldn't have had all of that exposure. Uh, but yeah, so it was a little heavy handed. But Dale, ugh. He was he was kind of an angel in that moment. I was thinking in the moment when she was looking around for tissue paper or something to wrap the necklace in. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate the little things that they carry episode to episode. Like I had actually kind of forgotten that that was what when when she's looking, she's trying to get something in the second episode. And, you know, Rick is just basically telling her that she can take whatever she wants. And she's like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be a cop or whatever. So I thought yeah, I do right. like the fact that there there are a couple of little things that they kind of they do carry on. There's actually something I think between, I guess uh, yeah I guess it's, it's in the next episode. But yeah, there there are a couple of little things that are they're actually very well kind of laid out. So I do appreciate that. Mm. And yeah, I will say mm -hmm. as much shit as I've talked about Andrea in previous episodes, I, I I did I did kind of like turn to her side in in this one. So 
I will say at the end though, when, when Amy like officially died, it, Oh Lord Jesus. I was like, don't, you're not going to get me this time. Walking dead. Yeah. Oh, Lord. That was rough. Yeah. And, or yeah, Andrea, <laughs> I was going to refer to her as the actress, Lori Holden. She was really uh, quite good in yeah. that. Uh, she's just good in general, but in that scene, it was just oof. So in this, uh, in this episode, the guys, uh, go back to the camp. I believe to get those that bag of guns, the bag o guns, which we will be talking about for a little while <laughs> through this episode and the next. Well, you know what? I guess we could probably touch on Shane first because he stayed behind. Good old Shane. Yeah, he is just like an onion, and you're just peeling away the layers. And they're all rotten. And it just, they are, <laughs> and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Usually, like the rotten stuff's on the outside, and you can get down to like the the sweet little core that's like I can salvage this. But no, it just gets worse. Yeah. I mean, do, do we want to start <sighs> talking about the things that I really despise about this episode? <laughs> which, yeah, which, which include Shane and I, the whole the you, you kind of touched on it earlier, but the whole scene with Jim. Yeah, I do. I'm very excited. Man. OK, man. So first of all, <laughs> Dale's on my shit list in this episode. Let me get my pop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. This is I'm going to have a lot of tangents <laughs> in, on this one. So Dale's on my shit list a little bit for kind of like, I guess, I, I guess he's kind of on my shit list, but I, I don't know if he could have predicted the response, but, uh, I, okay. So yeah, Jim's, Jim's up there. He's digging holes, whatever. That's fine. Maybe he's a little bit manic, but then like, I, oh God. Uh -huh. So first of all, the, the just like outsized concern that everyone, sh everyone like exhibits for him or not even for him, but like what, for what he's doing, they're like, <laughs> You know, oh, Dale's like, oh, yeah, we may have a problem. And then in the next scene, like, the entire camp has come up to see what Jim's doing. <laughs> and it's like, are you are you guys really that bored? Because this guy's up here, like, digging <laughs> holes, and, like, the entire camp is up there. He didn't want to take a break, He didn't though, want to take a guys. break, which is, you know, whatever. Just yeah. give the guy some water and let him do his thing. <laughs> You're good. Please yeah, keep, yeah. So, so, okay, God, there's so, there are so many levels that I hate here. And this is... This is where I'm, I'm probably going to start kind of getting on Robert Kirkman because, man, I, I can't tell if some of this stuff is like intentional character stuff or mm. if it's just bad writing. There are a couple instances of that. And mm. so first of all, Lori goes up there, brings brings Coral up there, and then it's <laughs> like has the audacity to tell Jim, you're scaring my son. Well, your son had no, <laughs> no freaking idea that this guy was up here digging holes until you brought him and the uh you know sophia up there and so like who cares man uh, so i thought that was pretty stupid it's so true it's like fucking it's man just let the, let the man dig his holes in peace like why are you bothering him i was gonna say i think they were like down there playing yeah. or something yeah everyone was in the camp having a good time <laughs> and then dale was like oh we might have a problem and it's like so you're like oh oh no we're, we're having a problem let's bring all the kids up there and see what's going on so, so that's, yeah, that's my first thing is like, God damn it. Like f accusing someone. Oh, you're scaring. It. Well, just walk the fuck away, lady. Uh, excuse my language. <laughs> and then, OK, let's talk about Shane. Let's 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 get let's oh, get serious Shane. here. This is this is super frustrating. But I think that this was actually like true to the character because and you can if, if you're listening to this podcast and you um, are one of those people who complain when a podcast an entertainment podcast gets political, you can you can go ahead and just shut it off because I don't actually care. But um, this is this is for me. This is actually like very very realistic because like subscribe to our Patreon for yeah, more hot takes. For more hot takes. <laughs> no, this is actually very realistic to me. Like this this rings very true because this is actually why you don't call the cops when someone is having like a mental health crisis because it, it probably will end up with them getting beaten up or worse. So yeah. So so Shane. I mean, this is very frustrating, but I actually think this is in character because he's such a control freak. And, you know, mm. he is he is he he always has to be, you know, in control of what everyone's doing. And the fact that he's, you know, he's he's trying to I mean, again, like Jim's not hurting anyone. He faint. I don't know. He kind of feigns concern for him, but I don't actually think, you know, he's concerned for. And, you know, that that's kind of like in my mind, that is that is definitely Shane's character is like he'll feign concern for you. But it's really about his like level of control. So, yeah. anyways, uh, do you do you want to jump in here and give your thoughts on this that the scene? You know, I I completely agree. I feel like 
exactly what you said about Shane. He he ultimately is whatever makes him in the end kind of look like the good guy or like he wants to be the hero. And yeah, yeah. just well, oh, and you you, you actually said something. You said something really interesting in the last episode that I was actually kind of uh, jumped back <laughs> into my mind. I think it was last episode uh, or the one before that where you're like Shane and Rick are kind of like opposites or like two sides of the same coin because they're both cops. Yeah. They're both, you know, obviously they're they're law enforcement agents, but Shane is the sort of person where if he's not in control, he will bully people and he will like be physically aggressive. Whereas if it was Rick in this situation, he would actually be probably able to talk Jim into like taking a rest or something. And he Rick would actually be concerned for Jim and not so much mm -hmm. concerned about like exerting authority if that makes sense so i thought that i had that in mind and that was that was kind of interesting yeah yeah and i you know i agree i think you know kind of like in this episode it, it continues to parallel that now i feel like i'm going to be obsessed looking for all these parallels going forward because it you know it kind of did it again of how you know shane is at the camp and how he's dealing with jim and then there's rick dealing with these guys and Oh my God! How differently would that have gone down? Oh, oh God, yeah, <laughs> Shane, either one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they would have been probably, probably would not have gone that well, uh, you know. And, and Shane, of course, is oh, I would never have. Of course, I'm kind of you know predicting the future a little bit here. Whereas oh, I never would have you know risked it. I wouldn't have gone back. But oh, yeah, he would have. He would have 100 percent handled that differently. Yeah. He just wanted to stay back to try to get back oh, in Lori's pants. <laughs> he was like, so um, Rick has been gone five minutes. He's probably dead again. So <laughs> you want to go out into the woods and I'll lick your belly? I do have to mention, uh, since a, a lot of people are on my shit list in this episode, because a lot of people do stupid yeah. stuff. Jim is actually on my shit list uh, because I was with him up until the part where he's mentioning Ed. And then he does have a line where he's like, oh, it's it's it was that was their marriage. That was their business. So I was like, no, no, oh, you, you actually you may have deserved a punch in the jaw for that. But yeah, again, this was oh. yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I was no. with Jim. I really was. I was with that Jim, yeah. uh, that, Jim. that Jim. I was with Jim. And then I was like, sir, I, I respectfully disagree. Yeah. Actually, I disrespectfully yeah, I, I don't, disagree. I don't, with I don't, yeah, I would not be. But uh, but yeah, so I was up. With, yeah. I was with him up, up until then. But again, I think that, you know, this is this is still even though. He's like, ah, yeah, that's that's a pretty shitty thing to say, but still, like Shane exerting his authority, and and he doesn't even he seems to really get violent when Jim mentions that too, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, it's not until he mentions yeah. him beating up Ed that he actually starts getting like physically aggressive. And you know, it's it's funny, you know, you think he like, and then he goes and friggin' ties Jim oh, to a tree, God. and then. And then meanwhile, Rick has Felipe, who's just like chilling. And I was just like, I'm just like more juxtapositions of those two officer friendly and Shane. Also, also, I love how Lori is like, quit digging those holes. You're scaring my son. And then in the next scene, they have Jim tied to a tree right in front of her son. Like, would that not be more alarming to a little kid than some guy up on a hill digging holes? Like, why is this grown man tied to a tree right in front of me? <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> Oh, 100% right. Because now you're going to be worried about this guy the whole time. So but then he breaks out. He's like, yo, dad's a cop. Yeah. And he's going to get back to you, boy. <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Two, two other notes uh, I had on, on lines that I wanted to point out. Actually, sorry, I, I forgot one. <laughs> I forgot one that I had to call out back in the opening scene when they're talking about their parents. And I love how I think mm. it's Andrea or, or maybe it's Amy that says like, Oh, maybe Florida wasn't hit so bad. Oh. <laughs> which, which, if there's one thing we've learned about uh, deadly outbreaks and pandemics, it's uh, Florida does not know how to handle handle their shit. Uh, sorry, Floridians. Exactly. I mean, they pretty much showed us as much during Day of the Dead. We should have, you know, well that too. We should have known what was going to yeah. happen in Florida. So, yeah, that what I, I was like, ooh, yeah, oh, really, nope. I'm sorry about your parents. Yeah, <laughs> they're dead. I mean, in a. The only good thing is that uh, there's a lot of people that are maybe protected with like storm shutters or true. like, you know, yeah. So in that essence, but beyond that, I mean, you can't stay in there forever. I mean, you can, but you might run out of stuff. Yeah. I, I'm just like, given like present day events, I could just imagine a zombie outbreak where there are like the, the governor is on TV saying there's no such thing as zombies. Don't worry. Just go out and have, you know, enjoy your lives while there are people like getting eaten in the streets. So I don't know. 
Uh, once again, yes, this is that we get very political, and by that we I mean me. The other <laughs> the other thing I will point out, as much as I despise this episode, there are a couple of good uh act, like lines that I really like. Two of them are from Jim. I I do love the fact that when he is like after Shane subdues him, and he's kind of talking about his family, and he says the only reason I got away was because the dead were too busy eating my family. And I thought that was actually kind of a, a creepy line. So yeah, it that was so. <laughs> I, I don't want to say, like, I hated it and loved it at the same time because it was like, ooh, ouch. But then it was like, ooh, burn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, top that one, Shane. Yeah. Which, again, yeah. and Andrew Rothenberg as Jim, love him, even though I don't always I don't always agree with his character. But I think his, uh, you know, his his performances are, are great in the show. Yeah, I agree. Yes, especially, you know, it's he was just very kind of, you know, subdued, which, you know, essentially it's kind of what you would get from a guy like that. And then he has like all these big emotions you kind of really get see a different side of jim as things progress yeah. and we we find out that he was digging those holes because he maybe had some sort of dream i don't know i feel like jim might be a graduate of the dion warwick psychic <laughs> psychic, psychic network, network. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe or or maybe he's just like looking around and seeing what situation they're in and be like yeah i bet i bet we're gonna need some graves eventually yeah maybe Although I will say I do have a comment in the next episode oh we will discuss. Yeah. I look forward to it. Um, Tune in, folks. Yeah, Lori, I was very underwhelmed by Lori, I think, in this episode. Um, I think I remember just thinking she was just being like, oh, the whole time. Just had like the O face yeah. the whole time. Well, you know, again, she's on my shit list because she's like, you're scary, my son. So that's all I actually remember. Yeah. That was the only note I took yeah. after that. I was just like, I think you're I'm she, done with yeah. you, Lori. She was pretty much there, but that was that was pretty much it. Lori, Lori um, reminds me of the sort of parent that's like, oh, you can't put certain things on TV because my kid might see it. <laughs> you yes. know, you can't put things yeah. even in like prime time because my kid might be watching. Like 100% parent your kid, lady. Jesus. <laughs> Don't be unreasonable. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Oh, God. Um, oh, I, I do have to say just the one thing, and I, I totally agree that that was a bad call by Jim, but there was a moment when they were at the campfire. It's like right before all hell broke loose, and he's they were like asking about why he winds up his watch, and he just went on some, you know, oh, you mean Dale. waxing poetic story. Did I yeah, say what I say? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, Jim. You know, yeah. Jim, Dale, they're yeah. all the same. Lori, Andrea. Lori, Lori, Lori <laughs> Andrea, Andrea. Seriously white people yeah, right they all look the am same i right me. yeah so <laughs> <laughs> but he just goes on this like goofy speech which of course was then amy's like you're weird yeah. and right before she goes and wanders off to her death oh incidentally um before i forget the walker the bit amy once again yeah. oh oh greg nicotero yeah. which is kind of funny because i actually i think i've I actually, uh, I've I've seen enough of like behind the scenes stuff from uh, from some of the other movies that he's worked on that I actually recognize him now because when I saw him, I was like, I think that's Greg Nicotero, just because he even that's with amazing. makeup, he looks like very unique. So yeah, that is amazing. I was I went back and watched it again after I saw that, and I was like, he's kind of you know has pretty distinct yeah, features that I never really picked up on before. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, that's really funny. And I wondered to myself, like, is, would he be recognizable to someone? So thank you. You answered my question. Yeah. No, he's got, he's got like that very, very prominent forehead, I think, which is usually what I kind of recognize. <laughs> that is so yeah. great. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, that was my once one defense of Dale. Um, there was Glenn. He went off with the crew downtown to get the guns oh, and uh yo glenn you know they're they're going through this whole building plan um and he's you know developing this big like it just makes me think of like a football game when they're just like planning the play and like okay you go here and you do this and you do that and and daryl's like what did you do before this and he was like i delivered pizzas yeah and then, so Rick is like, whoa, that's pretty cool for a stupid-ass pizza boy. <laughs> Seriously. And then, right? And then Dale is like, or Dale, Jesus, I'm so sorry, that's you guys. That's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> apologies. Please forgive me. Um, yeah, anyhow. Um, 
Daryl is like, oh shit, that's a better job than I ever had. Kind of a thing. Like, it's like the reactions from the two of them. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, you know, there's smart people that deliver pizzas. <laughs> well, and that, that's, I, we've talked about this actually on our, on, on our, on the Video Store Junkies podcast because we've covered some post apocalyptic films on there. And this is a trope that I actually love because I, I yeah. love the, the, the whole question of when society falls apart, like, who are the people? who kind of survive or who are the people who step up and sometimes it's not the people that you expect. So, or, or, yes. or I should say it's, it's not the p people you might expect because you have some, you have preconceived notions about, you know, Oh, a, a piece of delivery person, uh, wouldn't, isn't, you know, going to be the, the smartest, most, uh, adept person, but yeah, no, it's it. Cause it, there are many different people who do many different jobs and have many different skills that are unrelated to their jobs. So. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing how that yeah. happens. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, so, you know, he he was very, you know, kind of involved in this, but it, there was just kind of a lot going on. He unfortunately was kidnapped. I guess we could get into this when they get downtown. Um, they're looking for uh, Merle and Daryl, like, goes into an alleyway. And for some reason, this kid is like, chilling in the alleyway oh i remember they were all trying to go for the same bag of guns yeah um yeah so he runs into this kid and he's like where's my brother and the kid's like oh shit and starts yelling for for his people oh man and so uh these two guys come barreling around the corner they kick over daryl and poor glenn comes around the corner and he's like oh and he gets kidnapped by quote the gang, I, I believe I believe the Vatos. In fact, the Va the you're right. Vatos of this episode, the Vatos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did. They they took him away. They kidnapped Glenn. Yeah. Which do, do we do we want to talk about any of these characters, or do we want to just get into why I despise this episode? Tell me When's, more. When is the right time for that tirade? Because that's going to be another half I'm hour. I'm pretty excited. Let me. I don't think. I think we're pretty good because I think that'll probably circle into to old. I was just going to tie it into Glenn yeah. and his kidnapping and the roof. Yeah. And whatnot. Well, okay. Just just stop me and interject when you have something to say because I have got. Okay. So let me let me just give folks a background, which I've I've kind of mentioned this in other episodes, but so I, I watched this show. I watched this season when it first came out. I was very very excited about The Walking Dead. Very excited, and. I've watched it a couple times since, and every single time I hit this episode, I am just frustrated and angry and disappointed. And basically, I, I, th this, this, this whole subplot feels so out of place in the rest of the show. <laughs> and oh my god! It's so bizarre. Okay, let's see. I, I didn't even write down notes on why I hate this. I probably should have done that. But uh, I'll see if I can just like recall from memory kind of kind of the major points. Okay, so yeah. first of all, yeah, sure, fine. These guys are out here trying to get the guns. That's fine, I guess. And I I'm not a huge fan of any of the performances from these guys. I did I did look some mm -hmm. of these guys up, and they a lot of them have like a, a lot of roles. So I can only imagine that these guys are yeah. actually pretty good actors. And it's probably just because like Robert Kirkman writing like these like gang members is probably outside of his wheelhouse. And it's pretty obvious. Oh boy. <laughs> because... he, he did no consulting. I, I don't no think consulting. he did any consulting. I think he probably watched like the first fast and furious movie and was like, I got oh it. My God. I got it. I did my research. A hundred percent. It was totally like a white man writing like definitely what, what he thinks a gang it is. Was, like, actually, oh. where's, where's Robert Kirkman from? I didn't even write. I didn't need. <laughs> That's a really no, good no. question. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like Ohio. I'm not even kidding because know, yeah, sorry. it, it seems, yeah, it Ohio. seems like a white guy from Kansas trying to write like this Latino street gang. Doesn't doesn't do anything. For oh, me. my God. He's from Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. <laughs> Perfect. OK, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So and no yeah, offense, no offense to him. I'm just saying like, he's 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 about as, what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's that? <laughs> I was just like, you're like, no offense to him. I'm like, no offense to Kentucky. No, no, well, no, no. I'm just saying like as a as a white guy from the south who, you know, uh, I, I he 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 basically writes a Latino street gang as bad as well as I would, which is why I do not try to write scripts about Latino street gangs, because 
uh, yeah, it wouldn't turn out well because, <laughs> and uh, it's very obvious in this episode because yeah, the the all, I don't know all the characters they're just they're so <laughs> all the dialogue is so bad. And then let's, let's just talk about this is probably my least favorite trope in 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 entertainment in movies in books the whole trope of there's this entire conflict that could have been resolved in five seconds if people had just like been honest with each other right it's oh like uh, if if only if only they had said the right thing so yeah obviously these guys they come off they, they think well they think that they're just a, a street gang and they think that they're just trying to get the guns you know for uh whatever for because they they want guns because they're a gang but Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! They are a gang with a heart of gold, my friend. Because in reality, you know, they are protecting this retirement home full of old people, where a bunch of the, mm -hmm. I guess, the attendants all pieced out and, and and stuff. So they're they're protecting them. So ooh, that's like that was like Robert Kirkman's big plot twist. Which, sure, <laughs> I, I guess that's fine, but it's a really stupid. It's like something from a Hallmark movie. And 100%. and B, my my other my other problem here is okay. So the, the second time they come around, they are about to blow each other's brains out until the old woman shows up, right? Did, did I misread yes. that scene? 100%. Yeah, so, so they're about to kill each other. They're about to gun each other down in cold blood. And then, you know, the, the grandma shows up, luckily, just in the nick of time to save the day. But then they go back they, because the guy's having some sort of asthma attack and they go into the retirement home and Glenn is just chilling. He's just totally he's just, just chilling. chilling in there. And so I can only assume that you know the timeline's a little unclear but i think this is you know this all takes place in an afternoon so i can only assume after they had him on the roof right and they were like threatening to to push him off i can yeah, only it's like the next day I, well, no no it's not it's not the next day it's like an hour later it's not even the next day oh my yeah, god that's what i'm saying it's all in one <laughs> afternoon but but i can only imagine that they brought him down and let him go and explain things to him Right. Because obviously he's very, very unconcerned and he's free when they when they go in there. So do you do you not think that Glenn would have the wherewithal that like the 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 the, the frame of mind to say, oh, hey, by the way, my my friends are actually fine. Don't kill them. Just tell them what you're doing and everything will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. If Glenn like did he not did he the, the, they came very close to killing each other and. If it wasn't for the plot twist of the the grandma showing up, maybe that that would have happened, or at least that's what we're, we're led to believe. And it's like, wouldn't Glenn have just said something? Like again? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's this is the uh... most convoluted. This is like <laughs> just when writers when writers write a a a scenario like this where they're like, ooh, it's you know, it's full of drama and it's full of tension. But actually, it's it's not because it's really just full of sloppy writing to me. And I don't know. I just I, I cannot express how much I hate this entire subplot. I, I cannot express how much I hate mm. it. Mm. I completely agree. And, you know, sometimes when you watch things that, you know, it kind of relates to, say, a hobby you have or the job that you have, things that just like you have direct experience with. So it kind of takes you out a little bit like yeah. if you see somebody doing something oh my wrong, god especially well let me right yeah. and like, like like the when i watched the new matrix movie and he's like a game developer and i'm like <laughs> what did you not consult any real game developers for this movie anyway sorry <laughs> exactly see exactly so i work in respiratory and so oxygen i know all about oxygen that is not, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not a resource that you, I mean, there's tanks. Those tanks are at best going to get you maybe a day. Like, it's just, that was, I was just like, that's not going to work. Uh, anyway. You mean just in terms of like how long they'd actually be able to keep these people alive? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like if those people are be alive, dependent on the oxygen, it's, I don't think they really would have lasted as long as they were keeping them alive. Like they, you just, you can't sustain that. If there's no electricity, the power, I mean, the, the amount of oxygen in those tanks is not going to maybe be, and if that's at the, like the lowest rate, you know, you're going to get maybe 20 something hours out of it. So that just, needless to say, that was something that I was just like, oh, oh. But it was enjoyable to talk to our coworkers about, you know, so we could all bitch about the same thing. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is Robert Kirkman does not do any sort of research 
into cultures or professions that he's writing about. So that's great. A thousand percent. And you know, it's really kind of funny when I was putting this together, I, cause you know how I am with my celebrity beefs. Oh, it's just, you know, yeah. So I was like, I went into this, like, why don't I like Robert Kirkman? I'm like, mm. I know I don't like him, but I can't remember oh, really? why. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And so I did, I know, which is very typical of me. Um, and I, I did some research and I really couldn't find anything other, you know, there was like the lawsuit thing and whatnot, but I think you're slowly reminding me is because he's a shit writer <laughs> and he turned this series into shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this, this yeah. feels like the episode where they were like, I don't know, maybe it was like in his contract when they, when he signed a contract with AMC, he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, you can adapt the show, but you got to let me write one of the episodes. And Literally. this is, I mean, this is like classic, like, when you have a creator, it's it's that weird paradox of like someone who has created something, who, but then also doesn't seem to understand it as well as like other people. Because you go back and like watch some of the original Star Trek episodes and like some of the worst episodes in that series are written by Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> like this reminds me of the same thing. I saw something and it made me, it actually made me feel a little bit better. Because, you know, sometimes people can be a little self-aware. And I, I do appreciate that. Um, he made a comment that um, he is to George Romero as Stephanie Myers is to Bram Stoker. So um, I that's I, actually that I, I yeah, I, I actually think that's accurate. Yeah. And I really appreciated that he that he knew that that is kind of where he is at this yeah. point. At one now, point, he could have been a little bit upgraded but now no was was he talking about the quality of his writing or was he just talking about they were both people who took something that someone else invented and made a shit ton of money on it or both yeah i believe i do believe it is the latter where he just kind of took something and just Uh, did what he wanted had his way with it and made a lot of gross misformed babies (laughs) oh god i hated that metaphor so much <laughs> um, I, it made me think of the creepy babies from the Resident oh Evil God. video game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did want to mention this is a, this is a random aside about the Vati, but uh, one of the gang members, I don't actually know if he's named, I don't think he is, but he's played by someone named T Love. And I did think this was kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, this guy would actually go on to play a named character in The Walking Dead. He showed up on a couple of episodes later in the series, a character named Shumpert who I do not remember at all. I don't know if he was in the episodes that I've, I've seen, but yeah, I thought it was kind of, kind of cool. It's nice. Yeah. I like when stuff like that happens, like blaze, you know? Yeah, exactly. Good old blaze yeah. or blade. Yeah. Old blaze. Blade. Blade. Yeah. Oh, blade. blade. That's right. Like the, Wesley yeah. Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, no disrespect to any of the actors in this, in this again, I, I hate, I kind of hate the performances, but I feel like they were given very little to work with. So we'll call, we'll call it even with them and uh, blame Robert Kirkman for everything I hate about this, this whole subplot and all these characters. I agree completely. Uh, do we want to quickly jump over to the dead? Uh, sure. Sure. Is, uh, I'm, yeah, is there no I one see. else? Is, is there, I feel like there was one other person. Is there somebody else who probably not? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Cause yeah, all, all the other, as, as usual, all the other characters are kind of in the background. So. Yeah, I guess not. Never mind. Oh, Coral. Coral was there. Uh, yeah, well, Coral was afraid of the man digging holes, apparently. So yes. he he was just there. Uh, That's Coral. Yeah. But yeah, no. They're looking. I, I think it's actually kind of funny that we don't really talk about Rick a whole lot. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, that's right, man, Rick. we don't talk about Rick. <laughs> no, which is fine, because really the, the point of this, I think, is not to talk about every single character. It's to talk about the characters we have something to say uh, something about, mm. which is kind of funny because. You know, if it's an ensemble cast, but Rick is kind of the main character if there is one. But he's just he's just I I think I think I realize, though, it's because he doesn't have a ton of character development. He basically everything he's doing in these episodes is actually kind of to move the plot along and not so much Mm. about his character. So I don't know. Maybe that's Mm. why. Yeah, I definitely could see that he's like there to be like the the good guy that kind of keeps things moving. Oh, um, I, I did want to mention, I love yeah. Daryl's when he when he pulls out the severed hand and he's trying to threaten the kid. And he's like, this is what I. Oh, <laughs> I thank did love you. That. Thank you so much, because, OK, when they're up there and he's like, give me your do rags so I can take this with yeah. me. 
Um, oh, and, and, poor, and Gwen <laughs> has that look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is he going to, what was he thinking at that time? Like, okay, well, Merle didn't take him with it. And then I thought, well, maybe he couldn't carry it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, if Merle didn't want it, why are you taking it? And then that, like, he used it. And I was like, well, how, did he know he was going to want to throw it at someone later? What was he originally planning to do with it? Did he take it later? I didn't see him pick it oh, back yeah. up again. I, I, I guess I could see. So if I was in that situation, maybe hmm. in the back of my mind, I'd be like, my brother might be dead and I might never find him. So, like, maybe, I mean, he doesn't really seem like the nostalgic type or the sentimental type i should say but maybe he was like if if this is the only thing i have of him like if i want to bury it or something i don't know that's a very that's a very astute observation and you know i would i would venture to say that old daryl might be a little deeper than we think he, he is however oh. he did make that comment about friggin glenn and uh, the when they're in the alley I, I do yeah i do love the fact oh. that his he's he's making these kind of like racist comments but they actually seem they, I mean, I don't want to say like you can make a racist comment and not be mean, but like he's not, he's not, a, he's not like when, when Merle was making these racist comments, they were like obviously intended to hurt someone. Yes. And he's making these comments because that's probably like the cult, like that's probably just second nature because that's kind of like the culture that he's been brought up in. Not excusing it, right. not excusing it at all, but I just thought it was kind of funny that he's, he's making these comments and it's <laughs> like at this point, it's almost just like habit. It's true. It's almost like that's if you want to compliment, that's the best he's going to yeah, give you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be like, oh, like you did pretty good for a girl. Yeah, like yeah. he would just have any sort of. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Oh, but uh, yeah, again, yeah. not not excusing it, but I did think that was kind of interesting that he's, you know, he doesn't seem he doesn't he's, he's very half hearted in in these offensive comments. So. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like it's it's not really like his his nature per se, but it's certainly how he was yeah, raised. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh earlier at the campsite, I think they're just kind of chilling and you know, they're telling their little stories and just having a nice old time and oh Carol asks, Oh oh Ed. Ed looks great, by yeah. the way. Um yeah, I could not have been happier about that. That was actually some really good, like, bruising makeup. I mean, granted, I've never really seen someone, like, what they look like the next day after being beaten to a pulp. But that looks pretty realistic to me. I thought it was good. And that's that's actually very interesting that you would note that because I feel like people, you know, pe people obviously on a show like this will fixate on the really gruesome, awesome, like, zombie makeup. But I think sometimes the mm -hmm. hardest thing for a makeup effects person to do is actually something realistic like this. And, and they nailed it. So mm. I thought that was interesting. Even if you haven't seen someone this bruised up, you have some frame. Like, you've seen bruises and stuff. Yeah. And you have some frame of reference. Whereas, like, a, a, a person, like, rotting on their on their feet is something that you don't necessarily have that frame of reference for. But you know. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I can't think of the last time I saw a zombie in real life. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Now... Did, uh, did you have something to say about Ed here? Well, I was just going to say that Ed is gross because I think there was some implication that, you know, he was trying to get his daughter to stay behind and that was gross. And yeah. We just skim past that. Well, no, no. Gross. Yeah. I, well, I think we, we we can skip past it, but I, I do think that that is going to be something that kind of, if that, if the implicated, which I, I kind of thought the same thing. So, which yeah. I think kind of will, will definitely be, or or could possibly be, kind of an element of like carol's character in the future so that's what i was actually thinking about in that moment which i feel like we might be thinking about, i'm not really sure yeah anyway anyways ed's <laughs> so, gross and uh also ed's dead ed is, super gross. ed is dead yeah it was so, kind of great because he's like bitch why are you trying to get in my tent quick side note story time when i was little again i don't know who was watching me i was had a friend over we were going to camp outside in the backyard in a tent because that, you know, it's cool. Camp outside yeah. in the backyard in a tent. That's the closest thing you're to get to camping when you're like eight. So we were like all ready to go and sleep outside. But first, we had to watch the movie Cat's Eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where my parents were, but we watched the movie. And that night we were we got into the tent. And we like had our, you know, flashlights and we were telling stories and stuff. And all of a sudden, this creature like jumped on the tent and was like <laughs> feverishly pawing at the side of the tent. It was my cat. Aww. And 
it scared the shit out of us and we went running into the house and <laughs> i don't think we i don't pretty sure we didn't spend the night outside that night because of course we had just gotten done watching cat's eye you know uh, who wrote cat's eye i believe that would be one mr stephen yeah. king so uh, we have to mention him every i think we've mentioned him every single episode so we have to keep it going we should because the mist uh, you know lots of people in this were in the mist and one day we'll talk yeah, about the mist someday stay tuned now, yeah, I, uh, one thing that we didn't actually mention, and now that we're we're kind of talking about Ed and his his demise, his much deserved demise, mm. uh, mm -hmm. we didn't mention uh, at the top of the show episode firsts. Oh. I, I don't think we mentioned it, but this is we're four episodes in, and I believe this is actually the first time we ever see zombies actually attacking or biting people. Yeah, yeah, same. I totally agree, and. And being um, the in attacking, of course, just not only attacking, but having to deal with, you know, the kind of loss of, I only, you know, really just for me, it's the one person because I don't really consider Ed to be a person. Um, but yeah, Fair like enough. some actual, yeah, like main-ish, like Na core, Named characters. Yeah. yeah, named characters. Thank you. Yeah, yeah very, very interesting um, seeing that. That was <laughs> pretty gross. Because <laughs> there's the scene where there's there's like a lady walker and she's like biting on somebody. I think it was Ed, and it's just like stretchy flesh. And I'm just like, ew! I don't know what in my body is stretchy, but it's gross. Yeah, <laughs> great. I mean, this this is really the first time we get to see some of these effects too. And I was actually thinking about this. <sighs> I think that that's actually a really really clever decision, especially given the fact that this this show was was pretty successful and pretty popular. But I, mm -hmm. I actually wonder if part of that or if it actually benefited the show, because there's obviously like gore and, you know, you see people who have been eaten and you see that like half a zombie in the first episode, but they don't give you like other shows might be inclined to show all this gore in like the first 15 minutes. And I think a lot of people would actually turn it off. But I do wonder if by the time you get to hear even people who don't like that sort of thing are so kind of engrossed and invested in the characters and the situations that they kept watching. So I think maybe that was a, actually yeah. a very clever idea. It was. And I, I think it was this one where I just remember also, in addition to Ed's makeup, uh, the zombie makeup was quite good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Well, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. As we talked about, Greg Nicotero started his career back in 1985 on a little movie called Day of mm -hmm. the Dead, and he's been at it ever mm -hmm. since. So. He's been doing zombie makeup for, you know, at this point, I guess when this came out, 25 years. Now, I do I, I do have one note. Uh, again, this is like, I don't know. I, don't, I think this is maybe more of a directing thing than a writing thing, but I'll still, I'll still blame Robert Kirkman because, you know, I love Johan Rank so much. But the scene where Amy dies, she has her arm out. Like, if, if I was, if I had my arm up on the side and I was like in, you know, in the dark and it was nighttime and something grabbed me, I think I would probably jerk my arm back. That, that has <laughs> always bothered me. Every single time I watch this episode, she sits there for like five seconds, looks over at the zombie. The zombie takes time to like examine her arm and like choose the best place to bite and then finally bites her. And I'm like, I feel like she would have reacted. I don't know. Am I nitpicking now? No, I, I can't even explain it sometimes. And then I'm just like, maybe she was in shock. It's almost like she just, she just gripped tighter to the door. I guess so. like what? I like what are you doing what? right because it's just like no response whatsoever like why are you not reacting to this you're just standing there screaming and maybe it's oh. i'm a very jumpy person so like if someone surprises me like i physically oh jump so yeah <laughs> if something grabbed me i would like jerk my arm away while simultaneously trying to like punch at it with the other arm so true very bizarre reaction yeah. times like in the previous episode when shane snuck up on Lori. exactly Oddly long reaction time before she kind of realized it was him uh, or maybe she did that was that's a really great observation <laughs> yeah bothers me and again i've watched i've watched this entire season more than anything else and every single time i watch this episode I'm like damn it just move your arm so another first that we had even though i don't know you know I feel like in retrospect, and again, because I have psychic powers much like Jim, I feel like these guys are, are like cream puffs compared to the future group interactions oh, yeah. that these guys are going to run into. 
it it's bizarre, but I will say, I think I remember, you know, watching back the first time and being like, oh my God, they're going to kill Glenn. And now it's like, oh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I feel very, I feel, and then I just feel kind of manipulated. Makes me more mad at Robert Kirkman. <laughs> yeah. But you know, me, but you're right. The, 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 the dialogue was <laughs> just so horrendous. Bad. So Amy dies and uh, I guess we can get kind of as an episode first where we talk about people dying and that was super yeah. dramatic and uh, Lori cried. And I guess a lot of other people, many unnamed, many unnamed people died uh, in the great horde attack. Well, now, and uh, I, yeah. I actually, well, well, two things since we're talking about the, the dead, I did think it was kind of interesting this is the first time we see, other than the zombie that Daryl had killed, this is the first time we see any walkers near the camp, and they show up. Yeah. Like they show up in droves, which you could you could argue is just like that's you know they're just writing it like that because they need to have a scene where a bunch of people die and are, get massacred. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of you do I do kind of wonder. Okay, is this something that we're gonna? Is this like behavior? Because we do see that these the the walkers kind of tend to i don't know i don't know if social being social is the right word but they do kind of travel in groups or they kind of group up so and getting yeah. back to the comment that i think jim made uh, i think maybe the second or third episode uh, or yeah yeah i guess it's when they when daryl kills the the one walker and i think jim says like maybe they're moving out of the city because they're running out mm. of food so i wonder if this is that that was actually kind of foretelling this it is interesting he does do quite a bit of foretelling that jim yeah smart guy yeah yeah, and it's a really, it's a good point you brought that up because I was thinking about it too and I thought, you know, what what was it, you know? And, but, you know, then I thought they had that campfire a little bit more roaring than they had before. Yeah, but they put, uh, remember they built it up, they built the rocks around it. Yeah, that was interesting. I just thought the same thing of like, where the hell these guys come from? But, you know, I guess it's just, like you said, they, we have seen, you know, them travel in groups, I suppose. Dr. Grant would say they, they move in herds. That's true. Jurassic Park that reference for kids. So I, I did actually count though, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think we're gonna start doing a body count segment. I think the body count for this episode is five. And it's it's Amy, Ed, and then I, I think I counted uh, I took notes. I said random dude number one, random chick number one, random dude number two already dead being chewed on. Those 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 were my notes. So I, like I also that. wanted to point out the thing, and I think we've mentioned a couple times that like there are a couple of extras that show up in the camp like randomly. I don't think yeah. any of the people who you see dying. I, don't, I think this is literally the first time we've seen any of them, which I, I oh love. My gosh. Yeah, because yeah. I think I think also when uh, going back to the scene where Jim's digging the hole, the the graves, and all the people come up. I, I swear there are people in the background of that scene that we have never seen before. So I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of funny. Do you have any additional rankings, or I'm sorry, do you have any additional rantings to add? Oh, I, I and, actually, uh, well, if we're going to move on to rating this episode, I do have one other oh, note, which is oh, getting please. back to the things I do like about this episode. I do like. Oh. I think it's the final line in the entire episode, which Jim has. <laughs> and again, I oh. love Andrew Rothenberg's acting, and I love this line, his delivery, where he's just oh. he just says, "I remember my dream now. Why I dug the holes." Yeah, it's very, it's actually very creepy the way he delivers that line. So. Totally creepy, right? Yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah. So that's yeah. It. So that I think I'm. I, I think I'm ready to slap a rating on this if we're if we want to move on. Let's do it, people. So, so do we want to do we want to slap a rating on it? And um, I was thinking maybe maybe we can we can we can rate it out of five uh shallow shallow graves <laughs> that Jim was digging up there. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Yes, that's perfect. I really like that a lot. Oh dear. Yeah, so how many shallow graves would you give oh, episode four? So I was actually thinking about this. I was going back and forth because, like I said, there are things that I like about this episode, and I didn't want to be too harsh. But then I rewatched the episode last night one more time, and I and actually the more I thought about it, the more I thought about because I actually, as much as I hate this episode, I never even thought about the whole thing about like Glenn like getting released and man if he just said something to those guys so yeah every every single time every time i give this episode more thought i hate it more so i think i settled on it's i think i'm gonna do i guess two shallow graves and and half of one that's uh, i guess a, sh a shallower shallow grave so yeah i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna have to grave. give this one two and a half 
out of five. Man, I just I just cannot get over some of the shit in this episode. So definitely definitely a low point so far in this season. Yeah, it was just a lot. I think I just felt I know it's kind of silly because I guess it's the point of certain TV shows. I mean, I want to feel an emotion, like a genuine reaction to something. I don't want to be manipulated by like some stupid little thing or like don't like which I'll talk about next soon is you know, musical moments, things like that. So that really annoys me. But I have to say, I had not thought about that before with Glenn just saying, hey, guys, we're pretty chill. It's cool. We can all get along. We'll share our stuff with you. No, not occurred to me once. And now I feel too as though I am angrier at this episode than I was before. And I will probably proceed to get angrier at this episode. That being said, I already had a score, uh, which I will stick with. Uh, which was all same as you, two point five shallow graves, nice. which is yeah, two shallow graves and one shallower grave. <laughs> nice, I like it. The uh, the, yeah. the shallower grave is for Carl. Don't tell him. Um, anyways, Ooh! sorry, did that get too Ooh! dark? <laughs> but that was good though, because you know, don't let Carl out of your sight. That's true. I love how I love how the the man tied to a tree was t- giving Lori parenting advice. <laughs> Yeah. Which apparently she needs because I don't know. I don't know if she's the best parent in the world, but well, that was great. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us talk about season one, episode four of The Walking Dead. Stay tuned for the next episode. We will go to season five, Wildfire. I think it's episode five, but yeah. We're we're Can I say season, season five? five. It's gonna be a while before we get to season five. You know what, you guys, this is a <laughs> professional production and <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of professional productions, if you like this podcast, if you like us talking about The Walking Dead, I think actually so far each episode has been longer than the actual episode that we're talking about. So if you're into that sort of thing, check out our other podcast, The Video Store Junkies. You can find it at videostorejunkies.com or you can go to your favorite podcast provider, your favorite podcast platform and just search for The Video Store Junkies. Because we spend about three hours talking about and dissecting a movie each episode. And right now we are covering the latter half of George A. Romero's Living Dead series. So you can go back and listen to the first three episodes and check out the next three episodes. We're covering all six of his movies. So yeah, if you're if you're into this sort of content, Renee and I, we've got we've got plenty more and we've got some other some other bozos along with us to talk about movies on that one. So it's good good times. <laughs> good times, yes. Well, thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.